Welcome to season three of Feng Shui Your Day. This season is about blending feng shui with the real world. We'll learn here how to take steps to be that 1% better each day. And that 1% will ripple into your environment and continue to shift many other things on the planet. Optimistic? Well, you bet. Together, we can make things change. I'm Catherine Wilking. Let's check in with our guest today on Feng Shui Your Day. Good morning, good afternoon, or evening, wherever you may be today. Welcome to Feng Shui, your day. I'm your host, Catherine Wilking. Feng Shui is an art, a science, and a lifestyle. And it's not just about gold coins and flowers. It's about energy and the things you can see and the things you cannot. For some basic tips about increasing the energy or raising that vibe in your space, you can pick up a free guide if you'd like to learn more. 10 Ways to Raise the Chi Energy in Any Space. It's available on my website, katherinewilking.com. As a business person, we need to be an expert in so many areas. We have to be compassionate and fearless all at the same time. We have to read our audience and be aware of the environment patient with others, and yet be ready to slay those dragons out there. We have to stay current and we have to learn how to thrive. Wow. So what's the best way to handle all these areas? Well, our guest today has been through the war and back, literally. Julie Pham was born in Vietnam and escaped at two months old with her family. She was American-raised Cambridge-trained social scientist and organizational development leader and now a PhD so she's an award-winning cross-sector collaborator and community organizer and an expert on respect. Wow. We need to talk with her today. So listen closely. Welcome, Julie Pham. Thank you so much, Catherine. Uh, Julie, I'm just excited to see you. I read your bio and I thought, I got to have this girl on the show. I'm so, so glad. So let's just jump in here. So tell us a bit about your transformation. You've done so many things and acquired so many skills growing up, uh, you know, from boat people to having a PhD, living in so many countries. Well, can you just tell us a little bit more, the short version of your transformation? Yeah, so I'll just tell you that being a Vietnamese refugee is a really important part of my identity. Uh, we came over as boat people. I know a lot of people think, oh, is that a derogatory term? And I think it's only derogatory if you mean it as derogatory. Mm-hmm. Within the Vietnamese community, it's actually a sign of resilience and courage uh, b- because to to escape by boat is is a it was very 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 difficult. I got to tell you that my um, that my family, my parents, and I were the first to come go escape Vietnam by boat. And a week later, my relatives, other relatives tried to escape and they were caught. So that just tells you how treacherous that was. My parents founded the first privately owned Vietnamese language newspaper in the Pacific Northwest. I think of them as the hustlers among draw a lot of courage, uh, courage and inspiration from them. Um, so when we talk about how did, how was I able to make these transformations, I just look at my parents and I think about what they were able to do when I'm feeling scared. She's like, well, I know what they face. And if they could do that, then I could do something that is honestly like 10% as hard. So, you know, that I introduced you a little bit as being fearless as well too. And anybody that just takes fate in their hands and say, we're just going to do it. And you have to do that sometimes just to break the system, break something and to make something. I think of a little ladybug with a hard, hard, hard shell. And when it cracks right open, mm-hmm. you get wings and it's off you can go. And and you know what? When you soar with confidence and grace, 
there's something on the other side. I really, really, truly believe that. And I have to give you a big hug over the airwaves here to you and your family that that made it out. And that was extremely risky and extremely dangerous uh, for you to do that. So was there a turning point in your journey? I hear you talking about how your parents influenced your education and your directions and your courage. And I just can't um, believe that there's so many families like America's North American people that are not getting that little push from their parents here. And so it, was there a specific turning point there that, that just said, okay, I'm going to do this. So the, uh, the big turning point for me, I had actually thought I was going to be a historian. So my, my parents wanted me to be, do, be a lawyer. A lot of immigrant refugee parents want their kids to have a professional degree, yes. pro- yeah. professions, right? Because they want that st- stable career. I thought I was actually going to be an academic and I'd spent most of my 20s getting my PhD. And so my big first transformation was saying, no, I'm not going to stay an academic. And that was, <laughs> and that was, I was in my, I was in my late 20s. I was just finishing up my, my dissertation. And I looked inside, I was living in Vietnam at the time, actually, because my dissertation was on, um, on Vietnamese history. And I looked inside and I had done all, Catherine, I did all the things that you're supposed to do as an academic. I taught, check, check, I check, published, yeah. right? It's like, I don't want to do this. And so then I decided to, I was like, I want to actually do business. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go back to Seattle. And that was in 2008. That was the start of the Great Recession and also the global decline of the newspaper industry. And this is when I decided to go back to Seattle and work at the newspaper and to learn, to get my, what I call my real life MBA. Cause I was just, I spent most of my twenties in school. I'm not going to go back for another yeah. grad degree. And that was a, that was a really big turning point for me to basically take all these things I'd learned and say, and turn my back and say, you know what, this is not what I want to do. This is a turning point for you to be an influencer, right? Um, yes, I didn't uh, know that at the time. I just yes. knew that I wanted to do something different. And I also wanted to, I know that m- most people don't spend time with their parents as adults. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, if I work in the family business, because that's what I did, I came back yeah, to Seattle yeah, to yeah, work in the family yeah. business, I would never regret that time. Right. But now you have a voice. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got that mm-hmm. voice. And so, yeah, I know people doing academia. My daughter-in-law is doing her PhD right now. That will, When you break out of that box, th- you do have a voice. You do have influence. You can being on the radio, being on the TV, doing any of these things. And you know what? A feng shui is all about that as well, too, is setting yourself up. The voice is at towards the front of the house, your career path, your knowledge and travels, your faith are all in that front entrance part as you're setting up your house. And when you know how to do that, you find your voice and you find what's going on. And that's so exciting here. Julie's (laughs) developed a framework called the seven forms of respect to get people to rethink how we talk about respect. And she's got a book out now. She'll tell us a bit about it later. But she's written articles about conducting personal passiveness, awakenings, and exploring our assumptions. And she's just a a wealth of knowledge here. And one of the threads on this show, Feng Shui Your Day, here is to provide a segue between our guest products and services and Feng Shui. So you see, today we've already mentioned some survival skills. It's about taking charge. It's about having the ability to make sound decisions for yourself, your environment, and for the greater good of all. 
It also includes being flexible to work with the energy that's around us. Feng Shui, it has a balance and it helps you adapt with the changes and progresses along the journey through life. So it never goes out of style. That's why I love this so, so much. Its principles and theories are still applicable, even through the ages of peace and war, the feast and famine, poverty and riches. You see this yin yang stuff? Learning more about setting yourself up for success with whatever means you have is available. And that confirms you're in the right place at the right time. So whatever that may mean to you, we have to just work individually here. So continue to learn more about feng shui and get that advantage you need to thrive. Now, Julie, you grew up in a bicultural household. You've got Vietnamese at home, an American school. You lived in France and Germany and England and <laughs> Vietnam in the U.S. And you also got an experience in life through hustling and volunteering. Wow. Now, tell us more. Why would you have to jump around all over the world here and um, to find out about respect? Mm, well, I got... So I got to tell you, I didn't do it with the pursuit of respect. It's okay. uh, kind of discovered okay. how re- well, each stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so in any case, I, um, it started with curiosity. It started with wanting to learn and do research. And then, and that's why I lived in all of those different countries. It was during my research. It was during my twenties when I was um, doing my PhD. Mm-hmm. And yet I got to tell you that I didn't really truly start understanding curiosity until I came back to Seattle and I started working at the family newspaper oh, and I started okay. volunteering because when I was, when I was working on my PhD, that was very much about yes, discovering new things and um, so that I could write about it. What I've since learned is that curiosity, this practice of curiosity is about human connection. Mm -hmm. It's about human connection. It's about learning about others. And that took me quite a while to get when I came back to Seattle because I was before a solitary researcher, (laughs) right, in the ivory tower. And then when I started volunteering and working at the newspaper, I needed to collaborate. And it was quite difficult for me in the beginning because I I just wanted to get something done so I could put it in this product and this outcome, right? Yeah. And And here it was just, there was a lot more, I would, why are we spending so much time learning about one another, building these relationships? And I learned a lot. I learned a lot from my father and from, I mean, from both my parents and from other community leaders. And I saw how they would invest time. And a lot of that actually at the core is, is curiosity. Now that is outward curiosity. Since then, I've been thinking a lot about inward curiosity. And so I talk about curiosity as a practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what I mean by that, it's something we do, not just something we have, not something that we are, it's not just an adjective or a noun, it's actually like a verb. And that means that we can't always be in this, we can't always practice curiosity, I compare it to <laughs> meditation. And, um, and so in that, the, there are three elements, self-awareness, relationship building and clear communication. So with the first two, self-awareness and relationship building, that means both inward and outward curiosity. So Catherine, when you're talking about this, the balance Mm -hmm. and how we are who we are because of who we are also with, I mean, my work on respect is actually, we talk about respect as if it's fixed and universal, and yet it's actually dynamic, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. subjective, relative, and contradictory. And you need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, and then, and to, to accept that, I think is really important to go, oh, 
I'm not a hypocrite. It's just humans are contradictory. We're not always going to do exactly the thing that we know we should or that we said we would, right? Because mm-hmm. things change and it really mm-hmm. depends on the context. And that's what I, I learned a lot from living living outside the US because there was this constant switching and adapting. Exactly. Um, and I, I'd say that sometimes people, what people find frustrating about the seven forms of respect is they want me to, they want the framework to say, this is how to be respectful. Mm-hmm. And I I always say, you know, seven forms of respect is more like five love languages, not like seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> right. It's not it's, it's not a checklist. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And that can be really hard for people because it's people want answers. They want answers that are consistent. And the only consistent answer is to is to acknowledge that we all think differently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that we ourselves are going to think differently too. Like who I am today is going to be different from t- tomorrow and, and just trying to recognize that. It, that's great because, you know, feng shui works like that as well too, because we are growing and changing every single day, every mm-hmm. single decade, every single season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's different needs. There's um, this energy shift. And as we're going through our own, uh, relationship building through life, whether you're looking for intimate people or you're raising your children or, you know, whatever's happening in the universe, something shifts. And so there's these different phases of life. You should embrace the change mm-hmm. that works around because that makes you a better person, a better well-rounded person. Now we talked about setting boundaries and uh, yeah, and that is a big thing to do is recognize what's going on and not get provoked, right? <laughs> and so give us your spin on that, Julie. Yeah. So I actually have what I call the rubber band rule. So when I first started talking to people about uh, how they want to be treated, they talked about respect. And then he said, what does respect mean to you? And they said, the golden rule, treat people the way they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue is what if they don't want to be treated the way you want to be treated, <laughs> right? And then there's the platinum rule, which is treat people the way they want to be treated. And what if you don't want to treat them the way they want to be treated? <laughs> and then there's what I call the rubber band rule. And this is really about boundaries. So with a rubber band rule, it shows that we are flexible. We can stretch. So Catherine, maybe I know that you want respect in certain ways. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of ambivalent, but I'll stretch for you. Right. And then sometimes we're with settings with maybe with our family or our workplace, and they really like to get respect in certain ways. And I'm like, oh, I really don't like this, but it's okay. I want to be accommodating. And you know what happens over time as we stretch and we stretch and we stretch? And then we snap. And so the rubber, rubber band, band snaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so the rubber band rule is about knowing what are my breaking points? What is going to make me snap? Because that is different for everyone. So in terms it, well, of those it boundaries. Is, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you uh, act badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no saint either. And mm-hmm. there's some people that really <laughs> do need a good talking to mm-hmm. <laughs> about being a good person or respectful or not butting in line or, you know, whatever. You can give everybody a, a little pass once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're having a bad day, but at some point trying harder to keep peace mm-hmm. and some of the smallest things are going to make them snap. And I, and I do relate to that as well too. Please continue. Julie. Yeah. And it's really just about Every everyone's rubber band is different, right? Some are big, stretchy, loose. Oh, whatever. And others, are like, okay. I've got a tight little rubber band. Do not, <laughs> you know, I um don't make me snap. And and the point about the rubber band rule is, I need to know what my breaking points are, because a lot of times what people do is say they just disrespected me, 
And we don't ask ourselves, why do I feel disrespected? Have I actually even articulated that to them? Because sometimes what happens is we, people don't know because we, we tell them it's not a big deal. So Catherine, you talked a lot about energy and the energy of feng shui. And so, um, and we think of respect as being dynamic um, because of these different dimensions. And the, one of the dimensions is asking yourself, what matters to you? versus what should matter to you because we've all been socialized to think oh this is what i need to do to be respectful this is what i need to ex expect and yet we don't ask ourselves what actually matters to me and the way that we can tell that is by energy is by feeling ah oh, am i exerting a lot of am i feeling um uh, negative energy here am i exerting a lot of energy am i feeling deflated because i need, feel i need to perform respect or am i actually feeling really good about this Right. And so that is actually, we, we actually need to listen to our body because oftentimes we are so accommodating and we think, oh, and we will say like, ah, it's not a big deal that you did that. And inside I'm seething inside. I'm like, can't believe you're late again. But on the outside, I'm like, not a big deal, not a big deal. Uh, and so that builds up over time and that will make us stretch and stretch and stretch until we snap. And so it's really important to listen to to feel that energy in our body and to, cause that will help us determine what are our breaking points. Exactly. And you know, what comes to mind, if I can piggyback on this mm -hmm. here is I'm thinking about the space bubbles, the days that you have a good day, okay. Mm -hmm. You're well rested. You had the right food to eat and mm -hmm. you got some money in your purse and you're swinging down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your space bubble is much bigger and people can bounce off you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You can just go, Oh, Sorry, I'll let you in. And you know, nothing seems to bother you here. And the days, you mentioned the word deflated. Mm -hmm. The days that that maybe you had got up on the wrong side of the bed or heard some bad news or you're, uh, you need a coffee, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And your space bubble is much smaller. And, and when people bump into it, it's really irritating because yeah. there's no bounce left. And yeah. so that's pretty cool. But I really, really like your rubber band method too. I think I can move, put that into my myself as well too. But mm -hmm. I always talk about people getting to be 1% better each day. And if you're walking around deflated and angry and you're ready to snap, there's a reaction time that's, you're, you know, it's coming. And if you can backpedal and not react... I mean, mm -hmm. okay, you know what? Let the good Lord look after that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you're bettering yourself by that 1% and you're making that ripple as a message, not the one where you blew up and behave badly. Mm -hmm. So improving yourself by just that 1% is so, so cool. Mm -hmm. Just being aware of that so that you can actually even have that conversation with someone else. And I think that the conversation isn't, Catherine, don't do this. It's, <laughs> hey, practicing curiosity. And it's just like, hey, um, I noticed that you're late again. Could you let me know, is, is this a bad time for you? Should we reschedule? Ask or, the questions, able, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and so is it is it possible for you to let me know? So I just, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. And this is another thing to be able to talk about why we need respect why we want respect in the ways that we do, because if we're able to explain those stories, people will much more likely remember, are more likely to remember your why, not just your what. 
No, it's just like, I, if I just say punctuality is important, like, okay. But if I say, oh, it's because growing up, my mom was always like picking me up from school and I felt a lot of anxiety about that. Then they understand. Ah, backpedal, okay. backpedal. Yeah, you ask, ask those questions. And so what's a simple stress management technique that you can share with us? Okay, we've got this rubber band and mm-hmm. we're kind of tugging a bit. Somebody's cut us off on the streets again and somebody's, you know, doing something littering or people Mm -hmm. my pet peeve is people leave their cars running when they're not in them to keep the Mm -hmm. air conditioner or the heat or whatever it's like it's it's not rocket science here you've got vents in your car right anyway what's a simple stress technique and from all the stuff that you've had to decipher to tell us about that yeah so i think a lot of the stress is caused by that internal dialogue of just oh, this is why they did this. This is, I'm, and we have this whole back and forth. And so the way to uh, interrupt that is to ask questions. And sometimes if we're not able to ask questions of that person, we can just at least ask questions in our mind and not the, not the, how can you possibly leave your car on? Idiot. <laughs> but, right. Yes. Right, all like, the time. Oh. Right, well, like, but we could ask, huh? I wonder what are reasons for them to, that they would be leaving their car on. Right. Or if we were able to have that conversation, I think that the stress, the the tip, though, is to um, is to slow down and to ask two questions. And this is actually around practicing curiosity. Mm-hmm. The first question is. Do I want this person to learn from me? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is, am I willing to learn from this person? And if I'm not ready, then I'm not ready to engage. And that just means that's actually that helps me understand. No, my emotions right now. Mm-hmm. where am I? Because sometimes I think what causes stress is also feeling that we should be okay or feeling that we shouldn't do this or that it's like, oh, it's not a big deal, but I'm still upset inside. So that can cause stress. And so part of this is slowing down and asking ourselves these questions so that we can go, oh yeah, I am feeling disappointed right now, or I'm feeling confused or bitter or annoyed. That's what I'm feeling. And asking those two questions, especially that second one, mm-hmm helps us recognize mm-hmm. that. And I think that recognition of it can actually, um, there. at least we're not going to get this, the stress from trying to repress things. Yes, of course, because it'd be so easy to go tell somebody off. Or just be passive about it and be like, and we have or this whole just rumble internally. Mm-hmm. Yes, when when people don't behave as we think they should. You got that right. The guilt type of thing. Is it my job to tell them off or do I learn from this? If it bothers me that much, then I really do need to take another street. If I'm going to, if this is happening on a regular basis, or I have to find some other ways to, to decompress it. But uh, yes, I do the same thing, Julie. I kind of look at people and go, Oh, he's got a date tonight because he's acting like this. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I put stories in my head too to to kind of explain why somebody's rushing in to buy a bike, bouquet of flowers. And it's like, okay, you got, you got a big date today. I'm going to let you through. It's, it's That's some crazy stuff here. But anyway, Julie, you've been so amazing to encourage all of us. It's so informative for us wanting to practice this curiosity and uh, work with this rubber band here. Uh, tell us how to contact you uh, after this podcast. So you can, you can go to curiositybase.com and there's a contact us form. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I would also really love to get subscribers to our YouTube channel, which is YouTube at Curiosity Based. That's a B-A-S-E-D. Uh, okay. And you can find all these tips and uh, tips and tricks on practicing curiosity and respect. 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And you said you've got a quiz on your website and you've got yes, all kinds of free fun quiz, stuff. A free digital resources. course. So, a mini book. Okay. Yes, there's all a free stuff. mini book that if you're just, I'm not ready to buy the book book yet, but we have a mini book for you. Super. So again, I'm going to just say that a little slower here. www.curiositybased.com. Based is B-A-S-E-D, just like home-based. <laughs> again, and YouTube, Curiosity Based. So we've got the website is the same as the YouTube is the same as the LinkedIn. And I love that because people don't get confused. So that's really super here. So any last words of wisdom for our audience today? Catherine, I just want to thank you for this conversation around energy and um, boundaries. And just remember, don't snap. Know what your internal breaking points are. I love that. Absolutely love that. Again, thank you, Julie, for joining us today. Her website again, curiositybased.com. Check out her YouTube stuff. I know I'm going to go in there right now. And thanks so much, Julie, for joining us on the show. Feng Shui, your day. You've been so informative, giving us all hope and strategy to live happy, healthy lives. So there you have it, listeners. If you're willing to try new things and get new results, check out the rubber band theory from Julie here. And remember to think about that 1% we talked about. Making an effort to better yourself each day will reap great rewards down the road. I believe that together we can make the world a better place. So I wish to thank you, listeners, today. If you found this episode helpful, could you please feel free to like our show and share with a friend who can also benefit. I'm signing off for today. It's been an honor and my pleasure to share a little piece of today with you. I'm your host, Catherine Wilking, and I'll see you next week.